Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this quick shot of romance is Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. Um, okay, so we are here for part two of our read-along quick shot. Yes. Um, on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing The Rebel King by Kennedy Ryan. This is book two in the All the King's Men duet, and it is the conclusion mm-hmm. of um, Lennox. The Kingmaker. Yep. Yeah, Lennox and Maxim's story. Yes. Um, so I personally am reading this for the first time. If you have not listened to our episode on The Kingmaker, go back uh and listen to that and then come back to this. This episode will contain spoilers for the complete duet. We'll link the synopsis of the book in our on-the-shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com. Release, yes. What are you going to say? You said this, you're reading it for the first time. This is a reread for me. Right. This is a reread for Carolina, which I have to ask, how has it been to be on the other side? Um... Okay, first off, I'll tell you it's been three years since I read it, Um, but the series left an impression on me. So there's a lot of points that I remembered. Um, There's some points that didn't feel as strong, I think, especially in the second book. There's some pacing things and I think development that I think could have been stronger, like as I reread it. Yeah, we'll get into that because I have thoughts on the second book. but you know what? As I was re- rereading this whole thing, I was like, you know what? This 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 series kind of has vibes of this duet has vibes of. It makes me want to rewatch Scandal. It does, and see, I feel this that same way about the Lexi Blake Shayla Ryan, which is the five book series that I did with Leah, mm-hmm. and that has very similar vibes. Now, where that one was much more suspense heavy. Mm-hmm. The the all the king's men duet is very emotional and much mm-hmm. more political in feeling. Yes, it also has a little bit more of a call to stand up for convictions. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. There's there was a lot more in this duet that resonates with your wanting to do something to be the change, and I think that's. That's why I loved this series. One of like the two major things that I loved the series the first time I read it. One, like be the change, like there's an empowerment, a passion, a drive in these characters. Um, But then the other part was the um, learning, really understanding, not understanding, but really getting a look into somebody who's completely different from me has a completely different like Lennox has a completely different point of view and history and upbringing and the way the indigenous people are treated and her fight for that like in that sense yes it's deeply emotional but it was very I don't want to say eye-opening but it was just like I will also say I think that one of the things Kennedy Ryan did, and she does very well, um, which I think is a testament to the quality of a writer that she is, is that when we are young, we have an 
idealistic view on the world Mm -hmm. and on our, what we want to contribute to society. But then as we grow older, they change because our focuses change. And we realize that we have to sometimes work within a system versus working against a system. And that also, you know, we got to make a living. We got to have somewhere to live. And I do think that Kennedy in this book showed us, especially with Lennox and a mm-hmm. little bit with Maxim, because I'm still a little angry at him right now. Um, oh, no. I think that she showed us that sometimes our idealistic um, feelings have to go through an evolution because there was feelings in this book for me that Mm -hmm. they both kind of sold out a little bit. But I think that that's reality for all of us. You know, I want to be an artist, but wait, I have to feed myself, you know, so then you you take the jobs that pay the bills. I think there's, I think what this book showed is And I didn't get the sellout quality. I I can see how somebody takes it that way. I didn't get that. I think uh, what I took away more of that is there's a compromise, a balance, a there's concessions you have to make and you have to prioritize your convictions to say, okay, what is really going to drive my mission forward and my passions forward? And so I think that's, for me, that's what it showed a little bit more versus full sellout. Yeah. I don't think it was full sellout. I just think it shows that you aren't the same person at 22, 24, 26 that you are at 34, 35, 36. But what I do like about the book is that, okay, yes, there are convictions and their drive for um, marginalized people for Linux and the environment, the climate, global warming for Maxim. Um, And those are two big issues. So you have two people, you know, trying to deal with those issues, but um, their connection like was just as strong as their week in um, Amsterdam, like throughout the book, like that, Yes. That was strong. Like the coupling unwavering. Yeah, I believe that they're a couple. And and it was a realistic representation of two people with demanding jobs in powerful positions, figuring out how to live in each other's world because you're passionate for the person, not just for the world around you and the life and your career. Um, but it shows how you can the balance and not lose sight of one who you are because a lot of times we see that in some relationships and romance books and real life where your passions or your partner's passions become your passions and -hmm. then you slowly lose sight of who you were previous to them and that never happened in this book right like she didn't take on climate change she didn't he didn't take on indigenous people's plight in a inauthentic way. Right. Um, okay, so let me break this down real quick and then we can get to the rest <laughs> of the stuff because I have other thoughts. I'm really angry about Shocking. something in this book. Shocking. I'm, Becky has thoughts. <laughs> there's a piece in this book I'm very, very angry about and it's been three days and I'm still not over it. 
Oh, no. Um, okay. okay. Release. Okay. The original release date for this book was November 17th of 2019. It has recently been republished on June 27th of 2023 with Bloom Books. I do not know if there were editorial changes. I don't think so, really. I, I don't know. I don't um, know that so same tropes as the last one, Instant Connection. This is an age gap. They're now adults. It's not new adult. There's still a little bit of a slow burn to this. There's political romance. And it's still overall a second chance. Um, mm -hmm. The series is the All Kings Men all the King's Men duet, um, the type of series it is. It this is a duet, and it's dual, dual first person. Put out percentage was nineteen percent. Basically, she gets saved from the jungle, and he bends her over, and they have the sex. <laughs> like, like there was like no space. Yeah, but I think that goes to like. She wasn't objecting to it either. She needed him just as much as he needed her. It was life-affirming sex. Yes. <laughs> but it was and very this quick. Was, <laughs> this was like, I almost lost you and I need you so close to me, like, to make sure that you're real. Like, I can touch you, but I need you. Yeah. Like, to calm the animal inside of me. Um, the narrators for this series, this duet, has been Jason Clark and Joe Raylan. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Phenomenal. Absolutely perfect. Um, is there a third act breakup? There is a dark moment. But they don't really break up. Yeah, it's a dark moment. They don't really break up. Um, I'm also going to give a PSA that if you haven't started the series, um, check your Kindle first. If you buy from Amazon, check oh, yeah. your Kindle first because uh, <laughs> they have new ISBN numbers. And so. They, 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 because of the recovering, yes, they have new ISBN numbers, which means you won't get a notification when you go to purchase it that it's already in your library. I I have two copies. I have an old of the first one. Same. Kingmaker. Yeah. I didn't have a second copy of the Rebel King. Like I yeah. went and started like searching to make sure it all ends up grouping together on your Kindle. Um yeah. But yes, I too also have two copies, which is fine. It's money to, you know, Kennedy right. Ryan and I adore her. So, yeah. okay. So one of the things I do think I need to say about this book, this series, <laughs> is this book has, it was an emotional roller coaster. And I think mm -hmm. in the last episode, I talked about how it felt like if you're an empath, you have yeah. big feels. And this book was big even more big feels like I was emotionally wrung out at the end of this book. You know, I think part of, I, I don't disagree. It is I, the, especially the first time you read it. I didn't, because I knew what was coming. I, I emotionally like was prepared for it. Um, but I remember the first time reading it going like, there's some key moments that you're like, no, Oh my gosh. Right. Like, or you're just, your heart breaks and Becky knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but I would also say it comes from how, and I don't remember if I said this um, in the last episode, but I thought it. So I want to make sure I do say it and how she writes Lennox's character. And I think that's, it, it's attributed to, to even um, Native American culture of 
like there's a connection with earth and the elements and the way that she describes things in the inner monologues that Lennox has, it, you know, there is just this inner connection with the world and you, you take some of that on as well. And I don't, I'm not as saying it as, as eloquently as I want to, um, but that I think that impacts the story as well. Yeah. Well, there is a spirituality that you expect and a cosmic feel that you expect when you read this romance just because of the Native Americans and the indigenous people and the spirits that they talk about and what encompasses their culture. And that's something Kennedy Ryan does very well in this book. And and the connection to and it and she and I do like how she threads it through both books of um, the and I forget the name of the ceremony, but it's the coming of age ceremony that Lennox goes through. Yeah, because there's moments that she goes back to that, and it it actually it anchors her in a certain way of of like preparing for preparing for that because it's a very big ordeal, um, and she describes it very well without getting over descriptive um, that there's this connection and that it helps gives her strength during hard times through, throughout her life. Yeah. So one of the things I was very happy about with this book was the cliffhanger from book one to this book was quickly, very quickly resolved. Yes. Which reaffirms for me that she could have taken that out, that I don't think it made a significant impact on the relationship or on the actual movement of the story because, like I said in the last episode, I felt like that came out of nowhere, and it didn't feel didn't feel plausible um, within the world. But um, I was very happy that it was resolved quickly. I do still question, like the guys, the bad guys, the brothers. You know, was it reasonable? Was their reasoning? I I just really struggled with the why for that part of the story. Um, but it was okay. I mean, it was predictable, but I was glad it was resolved quickly and we got to move on to other things because I needed that. <laughs> um, so one of the things, and we talked about this a little bit already, was like the characters. I loved who they were, right? Like, I really love Lennox. I, I think she's a more dynamic character in this book than Maxim. I would agree with that. Like she is that, everything think, in this book. I think this is 75% Lennox's story and maybe 25% Maxim. Well, and she, I think what I really liked about her is her challenging of him. Mm -hmm. Not just in, you know, like you finally came back for me from book one, but in this book, when some of the choices he's making and some of the things that he's doing she is fine to push back and she feels empowered to push back. And it's, you know, sometimes we get the heroine that's like, oh, I don't know if I want to say anything because it might ruin the relationship. Lennox didn't give two fucks. Well, and he, he and his character needs something, somebody like that. Yeah. Because it will never work for him to have somebody who just agrees with him all the time. And I think that's also where they find 
strengthen their relationship. So I do think, and is there was much more angst in book two than there was in book one. And I don't know that I was prepared for that. Huh. Yeah, there definitely was. Because I just, she I didn't, didn't have an that. angsty vibe in book one. Book one felt like an evolution of a story. The momentum, you know, like the small snowball mm -hmm. that just gets bigger and bigger and it's huge. And then we get over to book two and it's like the snowball is full of rocks and sticks and shards of glass because there's <laughs> chaos everywhere. But I, I think that if it didn't have this angst, the second story wouldn't be as strong. That's no, I agree. Like it, it needed it. It needs it. And otherwise it would just, it would fall flat. So I was reading some reviews because I was curious and I saw a lot of hatred towards Lennox. Like people just didn't love her. Oh, I, lo I adore Lennox. I loved her. I want to meet, like, she's one of those people, like you ask me who you want to meet with and have lunch with. I want to meet Lennox. So I've like, there were talk about her being a little heavy handed and a little preachy. And I didn't get those vibes at all. But I will say that as I looked back at all of this, her ambition and her political savviness is definitely, you know, women hating on other women, you know, ambition yeah. is bad in women. And, you know, we don't like when there's another ambitious woman. Um, but the themes in this book are very reminiscent of Lady Macbeth. Oh. And so now I'm curious because I need to go back and look at some old interviews is this, was this Kennedy's Ryan's way of doing a Macbeth like retelling? retelling? Because if you think about how the evolution of this book is, it is, it's, she's Lady Macbeth. Interesting. I didn't put that together, but now I need to know the answer. Yeah. So I'm going to so send you're gonna her a message email back. And, yeah. Ask, yeah, yeah, and yeah. ask her. Yeah. Um, so... I do think, well, we talked about the chemistry. I made a checklist because, like, I had so many big thoughts in this book. Um, but Where was your problem? Oh, I, we got to get to that because I'm you've got me on the edge of my seat about what your problem was. The twist at 50% completely ticked me off. And I seriously, seriously threw my Kindle and contemplated not finishing this book. They killed the fucking brother. They killed Owen. Like, Kennedy Ryan, what the hell? We didn't need to kill him. I mean, I understand because it made sense for the evolution of him to be able to come to terms and face his father and move forward. But stop killing Owen. Like, he was, like, outside of Maxim. Like, he was the most dynamic person in the book on the man side. Like, it was just like, let's right. kill all the men. I mean, men are idiots anyway. Like, we all know. But I was really fucking mad. Like, I feel like she stabbed me in the heart. I, the first time I read it, I was I was shocked. Like, I remember having to put the book down for a hot minute because I I couldn't believe it. Um, but but I had to I pick I after that hot minute was done, I picked it back up because I was like, okay, what is going on? I need to know. I had to step away for a minute because I was pretty I was pretty angry. <laughs> that one made me mad. Um, but I do think we needed it in order to see the change mm -hmm. in, um, 
Maximum and, and his maximum. father needed, yeah. needed that. Um, I also really liked that um, Maxim's love and commitment for Lennox was unwaver- unwavering. Like, and he, every moment he told his dad and reinforced with his dad, I will always choose Lennox. Yeah. If you want me in your life, you have to accept her. If you force me to choose, I will always choose her and you will be out of my life. Like it was, and there is a moment where um, his dad, you know, his dad realizes that, you know, because he does want Maxim in his life. And so his dad has to make big concessions as well. And and he tells Maxim, you know, I'm not going to, no more pipelines on um, indigenous people's lands. You know, we're not going to do that anymore. And Max's like, you need to tell her. I'm not telling her. You need to tell her. And th- it was a good, I think it was a good turning point conversation for them to understand like, okay, this, we know it's not going to be like the big happy family, but we've accept this i thank you we're gonna move forward yeah i do like how lennox stood up to his dad too yeah that she i mean she's a proud woman Mm -hmm. and she didn't shrink from him but she wasn't combative either like she wasn't aggressive she stood up she held her place in a way that really showed her respect and I think that came down to a cultural significance because you respect those who are elder. Mm-hmm. And and in her movements with his father, you saw that she respected his place within Maxim's life, but it wasn't going to change who she was and what she was saying. I also like how she acknowledged, Lennox acknowledges, um, you know, before Owen is killed, um, Owen and Millie's relationship because she recognizes Millie has her own intelligence in her own right, went to, I don't remember which college, like an Ivy League school, has her law degree herself, but she knew that she wanted to be the politician's wife. And she, she knew like, okay, this is, this is my role. And this is like, she happily accepted that. Um, And they have a great love and she doesn't um, shame her for it. like it is no that's her choice and what she wants to do and she's fabulous at it because she knows the like the inner workings and dynamics of what that looks like so one of the things i did struggle with in part two outside of killing fucking owen um i couldn't buy into maxim's choice to run like his choice to run it definitely felt like the guilt the choice made through guilt Mm -hmm. um and I guess what really bothered me <clears throat> was the keeping of the secrets. So this is almost like deception trope where he tells Lennox, we have to keep our relationship a secret. Um, and he didn't want to keep it a secret. She wanted to, she keep, wanted it to keep it a secret. I'm sorry. She wanted to keep it a secret, but he didn't want to or she didn't want to marry him until... Um, you know, it basically would have been eight years. And I just, I don't love that. Like. I think that's one of the, the, the parts of the story. I get why she was hesitant to be. I, Cause I, 
I get what she, it's not that she didn't want to marry him because she didn't love him and didn't want to commit to him. It was because she didn't want to marry him because she didn't know that she thinks she could be the first lady because she felt like that was limiting her and the her missions and how she wants to drive that forward. Yeah. Um, I feel like, especially towards the ending, like we, it gets resolved, but I feel like it was resolved super quick. I feel like that needed more conversation development, um, but it would make the book longer. Like, Well, but we could have taken out the whole stupid kidnapping in the jungle thing and then had more time with that. <laughs> um, I was proud of Lennox for turning down Maxim's marriage proposal because knowing mm-hmm. because it wasn't a matter of that i wanted her to turn him down i just like that she recognized that she didn't feel that that was her role to take right like and i and i think that just shows strength and one of the things that i kept as i read this book and you said scandal this was the epitome of a power couple yeah especially because one their relationship was strong and true like there was never a moment where they each other doubted the other's affection or draw towards each other it was more of figuring out how we move within these two spheres that are so tightly connected mm-hmm. um okay so one of the great things in this book for me was like the thing that i needed the most and i know it's so unrealistic but for me it was the happily ever after i needed and that was the resolution for lennox's mom yeah i needed that yeah i needed it, to know that there was peace there yeah and um, and because she the mom was such an integral part especially of the first book um, and you know it, that storyline makes appearances in the second one. It, that is a a full circle moment that and a closure that was what was needed for yeah. sure. Um. So there was a lot of healing in this book. I feel like in this second book, like we got all the trauma in the first book, and there was a lot more healing in this book. I like the constant conversation about therapy and her talking to her therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, especially going after through the kidnapping situation um, and the regular conversations and the reality of nightmares and things like that. So the mental health aspect, I think, was um, addressed and appropriate and good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I really liked the healing in this book. I mm-hmm. needed that healing, especially after all the emotions <laughs> of and- the first book. And the continue continual healing with like cultural ceremonies and, and um, meditations of like smudging and all of that, like her going back to her roots um, with the encouragement of her aunt was, I think, also a strong, a strong thread. Okay, so I really liked this duet. I mean, I'm going to keep, if Kennedy Ryan writes it, I'm going to read it. Um, Her voice is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I love the books. Think about all the conversation we've had about this book, like good, bad, like there's things that it makes you think. Her books make you think. Um, She also, she also is a writer that's dynamic. Cause I think back to Mm -hmm. like real, 
or even the hoops series or Mm -hmm. um, before I let go and all of those books, like there's a drama to her books, but it's, I don't know. I, I can it's hypnotizing. It's mesmerizing. You know, and it's not surprising that what was it HBO that picked up her hoop series? Like uh bra uh, uh, uh No, Before I Let Go is John Legend and Bravo, like Peacock Network. No, Hoops, but the hoop series was is something it, like that. Is it Showtime or HBO? Something like that. Yeah. But, but you know, as you read them, you're like, I could see this on TV. Yeah. Right? Like these are movie tv you could you could see these as a production so it does not surprise me because she does she does write these well-developed characters agreed um so yeah i think you guys should read this series i i really liked it um you know still a little mad about some things but i'll be okay (laughs) i'm gonna recommend this series until forever it will live rent free in my head for a very long time yeah and the ha was satisfying yeah the ha was satisfying like i liked where it went it felt like an hea this is absolutely a power couple that's going to be together forever but just kenny ryan did you have to kill owen (laughs) did you have to do this (laughs) i think i don't know and is this is this your retelling of lady right is this lady mcmess retelling because i need to know answers we need to know Anyway, um, Carolina, thank you so much for, one, finally getting me to read this duet that has been on my TBR for way too long. You're very welcome. Thank uh, you for talking about it. Of course. I'm going to be talking about it for a very long time. <laughs> I'm a mess. Anyway, um, if you have a book or even a series like this that you think that we should review for a quick shot of romance, send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. I also am going to read The Queen's Move, and I will do a Should You Read It on our Patreon so you guys can, because it is outside of this this couple. Um, So I will. It's Kimba's story. Yeah. You don't know. I will have that over on um, our Patreon uh, probably in November. I got to catch up on my own reading list. Anyway, (laughs) Um, until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 